Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook-hoarding reader and writer on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast. On this podcast, we explore the power of leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading, notebooks and writing, and everything in between to make our lives better. And no matter what better means to you, the pages inside books and notebooks can help us get there. So each week, we'll mix together books, notebooks, mindful practices, and creativity to cultivate a life we love. Now grab a notebook and your TBR list, and let's get literate. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Get Literate podcast. Today we are talking about all things self-discovery. First, we're going to kick off the episode with a conversation with Jen Lafine. If you don't know Jen, she is an avid notebooker, just like me and likely just like you, and she is an educator turned life coach. I first met, or should I say, connected online with Jen a couple of years ago when I found her and her company called TeachWrite. This was a company that was dedicated to supporting educators as writers so that they could then support their students as writers that much better. Jen and I had an instant connection around notebooking. I so valued the work that she has done, and now I get to see how she is building it into something so much more. Now, Jen is a life coach who uses writing to help her clients experience self-transformation and self-discovery. She's here today to talk about all the things, the power of notebooking and journaling, what self-discovery journaling is, What are the prompts that you can use in your notebook to get started? And what happens when that self-doubt or all of those questions creep in? But I want to be sure that you stay until the end of the interview because I'm going to offer you three books that are perfect to launch you on a self-discovery journey too. So we've got a mix. We have an interview. We have a focus on writing and journaling. And then I'm going to end with three books that will complement it all so that you can bring this idea of self-discovery into your everyday life. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jen Lafine. Jen, welcome to the Get Literate podcast. I am so excited to talk with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you today. I know. I feel like this episode has been a long time coming, right? Because we've only met in person maybe once or twice at an education conference in passing the hallway Mm -hmm. when we figure out who each other is. Um, I've always felt this wonderful connection to you, the the notebooking love that we both have, the ideas of being writers, especially educators who are continuing to be writers, and just a love for our, our, what's it, a spirit just to keep growing through our notebook as well. And I joked before mm-hmm. we came on that I love following you for the content you share, but also just to watch you do do because it is it's so exciting and it's so inspiring so i am thrilled to have you here today but let's jump right in i did give listeners a quick little sneak peek of who you were and how we connected but i would love if you could just start at the beginning and jump in and tell everyone <laughs> who you are and what you do and how we got here today chatting oh my gosh it has been a journey it has been a journey. I could probably spend the next hour talking about that journey, but uh, let's see if I can cliff note it for, for everyone. So I used to be a teacher, an educator. I taught fourth and fifth grade for nine years. While I was in the classroom, I absolutely fell in love with literacy and fell out of love with everything that was not literacy. <laughs> I can that. relate. <laughs> right. And, um, through one thing or another, I absolutely loved the classroom, but I really wanted to expand um, my reach beyond just the classroom and just the teachers in my district. Uh, I saw a real need for a 
fresh approach to teaching writing because I know a lot of our students struggle with teaching writing. A lot of teachers struggle with teaching writing. And so I left the classroom and I started a business called Teach Write uh, in 2016, 2017, I think. And the goal of Teach Write was to help teachers grow as writers so their students can too. And this past December, um, I sold the company to another teacher who is now taking it over and is doing a fantastic job uh, with Teach Right. And I have transitioned into life coaching because while I was doing Teach Right work and coaching teachers on teaching writing, I discovered so much of it is mindset and is believing that you can write. Can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure you've heard it yourself too with your work, people saying, I'm a terrible writer can't write. Well, that's not really true. Maybe you just haven't found something that works for you yet. So in the course of coaching on mindset, I just, I had so many life transformations and aha moments myself that I was like, I gotta, I gotta take this even bigger. And that's, you know, you mentioned like following my journey. I think that, that the gen today, if the gen of 20 years ago could see her, she'd be like, who are you? (laughs) And to me, that's really exciting because I just, I never know what's coming next. I get a, a, you know, a a whiff of inspiration and I'm like, "Hmm, that would be kind of fun. Let's try that. And it's taken to me some really fantastic places. So uh, right now I do accountability and mind management coaching for solopreneurs. I work with a lot of women midlife who are kind of at that point of, yep, I've done everything with my job that I, that I wanted to do. Now I'm ready for me and just really helping them develop that, whatever that is for them and helping them make a plan to go get it. And then holding them accountable for doing the work because we're so good at giving away our time, right? Sure are. So the accountability is super, super important. So that's where I am today. Oh, there are so many things that I want to ask and so many places that I could go in that journey, but we only have, we only have one episode. (laughs) This episode is focused on notebooking. Let's talk about it. Teach Right was very much involved in the notebooking world. That's how I originally found you. Mm -hmm. And I know the life coaching that you do now involves journaling and writing and using that as a tool, right? That's one of the, the main tools for your work. And you know, there's lots of kinds of notebooking for lots of different reasons, right? Notebooking to hold on to memories, notebooking to process things that are going on or notebooking all your to-do list, what, whatever it is, notebooking can give us this outlet to get things that are on our hearts and on our minds off of them and on the page so that we can look at them, be objective mm-hmm. about them, think about them. Where do we want to go? But you have a particular kind of notebooking that I think all of us, no matter what kind of notebooker we are, could really get behind. You talked about it recently on your own podcast. And that's what made me say, okay, Jen needs to come and talk about that with us because we talk about notebooking a lot. And that is your self-discovery journaling, right? Yes. Tell us more. Okay. So self-discovery journaling is basically thinking through writing, using writing to determine what it is that you think. What I love about it is no matter when I'm doing it, it always teaches me something. I always am able to uncover like a hidden truth, an idea. Um, Sometimes I'll uncover like hidden thoughts that are holding me back. To do self-discovery journaling is to really trust yourself, have that deep, deep trust with yourself that you have all of the answers that you need and that it is all inside of you. You don't have to do things anybody else's way. The way you do them is absolutely perfect. And I think for a lot of people coming to that point where they can trust themselves is that is just so so life-changing. I know it was for me. I know it is for my clients who do use the self-discovery journaling that I teach them. Um, But it's really, it's not dear diary kind of journaling. It's not 
a narrative of your day journaling. I like to look at it more of you ask questions of yourself and you go deep to get the answers. What kinds of questions? Well, I think one of my favorite things to do is if I feel stuck in something, like I can't make a decision about something, or I just am carrying around this heaviness in my body for some reason, what I'll do is I will write it down in my journal at the top of the page. And then I will ask myself a question. So one of my favorite things to do is to think about like those, that internal monologue that you're having inside your head that we all think we're the only ones who have that. Although every single person has that monologue going on and that monologue loves to tell us things that we should and should not do things that are true and are not true. And the reason it does that is to keep us in our comfort cave. It does not want us to grow. It does not want us to um, try new things. So it sends us these thoughts that it believes to be truths that it wants us to be truths. And just by sitting down and writing what it is you're believing um, to be true and asking the question, what else can be true? And then taking a deep breath and then going to work, writing down every single sentence that comes to your brain. And the key is, is that you can't judge a word of it that comes out because your job then is not necessarily to be the journaler, to be the person, the, the subject. You become almost like the person on the outside, just recording whatever's coming to your brain. Yeah. You teach yourself to be an observer of your thoughts. And when you ask yourself that question, what else can be true? It is amazing what other answers you can come up with. And once you have those answers, then you can choose what you want to believe for yourself. So many people get caught up in these shoulds or these universal truths without ever even realizing that they don't work for them. They never chose them for themselves. It's part of their conditioning. It's part of their upbringing. It was part of their education and being able to choose for yourself what you want to think about and the direction you want to go is incredibly empowering. So what else can be true is one of my favorite questions. I can see why. And as I'm listening to you and I'm jotting down what else can be true, like I'm going to my own head, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to the my own challenge that I would be writing on the top of my journal. And I never, even though I know I've heard you say this before, I think maybe in a teach right session, I've I've never, I've never given myself that space to say what else can be true. Right. I just go to the stuff that I see the here and the now that's keeping me stuck or or just has kind of kept me boxed in because I can't quite see a difference. But you're not asking. You're not asking for alternatives. You're not asking for different ideas. You're not asking to think out of the box. You're just saying very simply what else could be true. Mm -hmm. That that feels safer. Right. That's exactly. feels that feels doable. And yes. then I can decide on which I want to believe. If I want to believe those things that have been kept, you know, kept me stuck or kept me miserable, kept me going back to the page complaining, or what if, what if there was a different truth? My goodness, that's going on a sticky note and it's going on the <laughs> laptop and it's going on the, the wall that is going in my morning pages tomorrow, Jen, for sure. That's awesome. And that is one of my favorite coaching questions when I'm coaching a client and they come to me and, and they tell me something like it's like they're stating a fact, like I'm too old to do this. And they believe it with all of their heart that they are too old. Yeah. What if that wasn't true? What else could be true? Could it be that maybe you're nervous about making a change? Could it be you don't think you know what to do. That's the other one too. A lot of people will come and they'll say, I don't know what to do. And so a good question to that would be, if I did know what to do, here's what I would do, or here's what I could do. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then just brainstorming a list of ideas because that, you know, I was talking earlier about 
staying in your comfort cave, that actually the part of our minds that want to keep us in our comfort cave is called the primal brain. It controls our emotions. And whenever we try to leave the comfort cave, it starts getting nervous. And so it sends us like that heaviness in our body or that confusion that we don't know what to do. We kind of spin. And then we're like, oh, we find ourselves in the, in the kitchen getting a snack because that's where our brain has led us to try to avoid solving our problems. When really we just trust ourselves to sit down and write out any possibility, not judging a thing we write on the paper, we can come up with some amazing answers. And I do want to really emphasize not judging mm-hmm. because so many times we will put something down or we'll say, oh, I can't write that. I could never do that. That's impossible. Nothing is impossible. The only reason something would be impossible is if we gave up. But if we're willing to work at it, we can have and do anything. So that's one of the beautiful things I think too about self-discovery journaling. Yeah. And what I love is that it may, at least for me, things may feel really big or they may feel like they're really hard to accomplish out in the real world, but I can just write it down try it on for size, right? Absolutely. Again, that little dipping your toes kind of into the water. And I love your second prompt too. If I did know, Mm -hmm. because you started by saying that we all have the answers inside of us. If we are just quiet enough to listen to them and to trust ourselves and sitting here and thinking, oh, I don't know what to do, but then just shifting really quickly into, but if I did, I'd do this. Shows us really quickly that we probably do have ideas of what to do. It's, are we afraid to do them or feel competent enough to do them? And and then all of the what ifs come in, but the ideas, the answers themselves are actually there. Every single time they are there. Again, it's like getting out of your own way. So many times we are limited by our own stories that we tell ourselves yeah. And self-discovery journaling is a fantastic way to not only reveal those stories, those things that we're believing to be true that aren't, or that might not be, sometimes they are, many times they're not, but the act of putting them down on paper is very, very powerful. I have one more prompt that I'll share with you, which yes. is what if. So many times our primal brain loves to play the what if game with us. What if you try this and you fail? What if this doesn't work? What if people laugh at you? What if you press publish on this blog post and it doesn't get any readers? What if, what if, what if, okay? The important thing with your brain is not to leave a question hanging. So ask yourself, What if you did try this and you don't get the results you want? Answer that question. Because until you answer that question, your brain is going to automatically go to the worst case scenario as a way of keeping you in your comfort cave and keep you from doing the work that you need to be doing. So what if you press publish and no one reads it? Who cares, right? You've now are creating a body of work out there on the internet. Like that's not a bad thing. Wow. Okay. You just said something that totally blew my mind. So, cause we ask what if all the time I do it multiple times a day, you know, especially if there's something on my mind, but finishing the sentence yeah, doesn't leave our brain hanging. Oh my gosh. That is a mic drop moment. Right. Right there. Oh, good. I'm glad. Wow. <laughs> Just finish the darn sentence and move Mm -hmm. on, right? Your brain can, oh gosh. Don't ever leave questions hanging in your brain. Like, I wonder if I can do this or can I do this? Answer it. Can you? Right. And if you can't, and it's something you want to do, how can you figure it out? Right. You know, I tell my clients, like, there's nothing you can't do if you know how to ask Google a question. And we all know how to ask Google questions. And now we've got, you know, chat GPT willing to give us answers as well. So there's really no, we have no more excuses. Like it's time to, time to get going. But the self-discovery journaling, again, will reveal those thoughts to us. Now, when I work with clients and I take them through 
um, journaling work. One of the things that I do require is that they journal by hand. And I know there's a lot of like controversy and opinions out there, journal by hand, journal um, electronically. Like people say like, I can just go so much faster on my phone and just type notes in. And I say, that's great. But for this, you're going to journal by hand and here's why. So there have been so many studies done on the benefits of writing by hand. And as this pertains to self-discovery journaling, there's a couple of reasons why I insist that you write by hand. One is that when you're writing by hand, you are slowing down. You can't write that fast. So you have to slow your thinking down. And in the process of slowing your thinking down, you actually are able to go into your subconscious and pull out new ideas that you wouldn't be able to access just by typing. It's a fact. It's proven. Research has proven that that is. And if you do it even once, you'll see like how many times have you journaled where you have these aha moments come to you where like, holy cow, I never would have thought of that before. (laughs) Because when you're thinking or when you're typing, you can't go that deep. You can't slow down. Okay. So there's definite advantages to writing by hand. Another one is they have also found that the feel of your, um, your hand and the pen running across the paper is a fantastic stress reliever. Mm-hmm. It's oh, very totally soothing, get that. <laughs> right. And like, there's, there are tons more benefits. I could spend all day going into them, but really like, I want to just hit on that. You go deeper, it's stress relief. You are able to pull out more memories, but you're also able to commit things to memory better because you've taken the time to write it down. Yeah, I so. agree. I agree. I do most of my work writing is typing, right? As you know, open up a Google Doc and I keep going. But when it is personal, when it's my notebooking, it's it's absolutely truly in the notebook with a pen or a pencil that glides just perfectly to yeah. keep you know to keep it going as long as possible. Yes. Which is why I think we're so particular about our pens and our notebooks, right? Like we find the paper that we like, we find the pens, like for me, ink joy gels here. I've got a whole container of them. Um, the colors that I put on my paper, like I make my journaling fun. I'll put stickers in it, washi tape. I use these ink joy gel pens that come in like every color of the rainbow. Um, color is very therapeutic for me. So I make sure that my journaling experience is the same. Yeah. So yeah, fun. Yeah. And that's interesting to me because I, I have, well, like you, I know you have this too, but I've got lots of, well, maybe I I have lots of different notebooks for lots of different reasons and depending on the reason depend, you know, decides which one I'm picking up. And also the pen I pick up and the extras that I pick up. So my morning page journal, where I tend to do this kind of, as you're calling it, self-discovery work, is a very simple mechanical pencil that glides really well. And I can just, you know, press the top when I'm running out of ink and not worrying about sharpening it. But my other journals, my quote journals or my gratitude journal, those are in color. Those Mm. are washi tape and stickers. And it's making me wonder why the self-discovery journal feels really boring right now (laughs) with my mechanical pencil. (laughs) And maybe it's time to jazz it up a little bit. Maybe. Change some things around. Yeah. But you have to do whatever works for you too. Right. Like that's the other thing I tell people, like you are the boss of your own journal. The only thing I'm like really adamant about is writing by hand. Yeah. Yeah. Which I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of pushback on that from some, some clients. They don't want to do that. You know, I don't like my handwriting. I'm not a good speller. I don't you know punctuation. And I'm like, you know what? That is all a carryover of the, the red pen. Like we've talked about the red pen syndrome, like getting papers back in school with red ink all over them. Yes. No one's grading your journal. It is just for you. So don't worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Doodle or all I care. You can doodle. You can jot words. You don't have to use sentences. You don't have to use paragraphs. Nobody cares. Yeah. Like I just want you to get the benefits of the journaling. Yeah. And you can only get that benefit with continued writing, right? So whatever makes Absolutely. you show up and feel good is yeah. it's what's going to, 
to work for you. You mentioned something earlier I would love to come back to, which is the role of the notebook is helping you become an observer Mm. of your thinking. Now I've been, I've been learning about and loving how the brain works, how Mm. meditation works, how meditation impacts the brain. And for a long time, I was one of those people that said, well, I'm not any good at meditation because I keep thinking of things, Mm. not realizing that the purpose of meditation isn't to not think, but to simply observe what you're thinking, not judge, and then bring yourself right back to breathing or mantra or whatever you're doing. And that is much easier for me to do in my notebook being an observer and and really taking that objective third view than it is just kind of sitting and being. And I've got, you know, this happened, this is a couple of days ago and I mentioned it on, on my podcast too, but I was doing my morning pages and I was in a mood, Jen. <laughs> Everything going wrong. There were so many challenges and I just used my morning pages that morning to just get it all out. And I wrote in my journal, something's got to give, right? Which is something that a lot of us say, or a lot of us think, and, and maybe other people can relate, but I wrote something's got to give. And I stopped to just give my hand a rest for a moment and think, and I look back down the, on the page. And I realized that what I had written right after was maybe it's me. I don't know where that came from. I don't even remember writing it. I just remember sitting there thinking, oh, observer kicks in, right? Of what does that mean? Does that mean something in my life has to go because it doesn't serve me anymore? Does it mean that I just have to change gears or does it mean I've got to switch my focus and stop complaining and and give my time and energy in like a useful way to something else? Like so many things were going through my, my mind right there. But I wouldn't have, I know, I wouldn't have come to that revelation. It was kind of like a, oh my goodness, where did that come from? If I was just sitting still with my thoughts, I know I would not have come there unless I was writing it out on the page. Cause I literally don't even remember writing it. It was just like something else, like my brain took over and I got to observe it because it was on the page. So I really love that you've said that. And I'm wondering if you'll speak a little bit more about that power that comes when you get to do that in your notebook. Well, one of my favorite, another, I've got a lot of favorites, but another one of my favorite <laughs> um, self-discovery journaling um, mes- methods is called dialogue journaling. And you, it kind of sounds maybe like that's a little bit about what just happened to you, where you take a thought you're having that just doesn't feel good, like a rant Um, something that's bothering you, a question you've been mulling over and you write it in one color ink. And then you stop and you pick up a different color pen. You take a deep breath and you think you change your thought pattern to be that of somebody else. And when I do this activity, I become my guardian angels. Mm. And so the pen, the ink color changes. And I say to myself, how would my guardian angels say, tell me, what would they tell me right now? What do they want me to know? And I just completely leave myself and I become them. And I write again, without judgment, whatever it is, I think that they're telling me I need to know. And I get some of the most amazing insights from that activity. And I'll have a conversation with them. I'll, then I'll switch back to my first color and I'll be like, well, what do you mean? Blah, 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 blah. And then switch back to the first color. And they'll be like, you know, they'll tell me and I, and I will write it. It's kind of like, what would you, if this was happening to your best friend, what would you say? Well, if this was happening to you, what would your future self say? What would your higher self say? What would your guardian angels say? what would your best friend say? You know, just being able to assume a different perspective on it removes that, like, um, you know, like we won't, we won't do those things for ourselves, but we would say them to a friend because we know what's best for a friend. Yes. Um, And then I'll go back and reread my journals and the places where I've had that dialogue journaling, because I see the two different colors. I'm like, darn, that was really insightful. Like, a great activity. So I wonder 
when that maybe it was you that needs to change if that wasn't a message from your guardian angels. Yeah. Yeah. I totally I believe goosebumps. that. I totally believe that too. And I got goosebumps and even I could have probably teared up because it was such a personal emotional kind of entry in my notebook. And I thought, my goodness, I bet you my guardian angel would have been nicer than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I Which love is, it. Yeah. It switches. It switches it. I love all of those questions and these prompts that you posed just instantly give you the gift of a change in perspective. Absolutely. And I have one more for you specifically, Stephanie, Yeah. Um, based on what you had just talked about making changes. And I would say a good question for you to just kind of have out in your journal is what am I so afraid of? Mm. Yeah. Because right now what's happening until you journal that and get it all out on the paper, you're holding all of that in your head. You're having a lot of questions go unanswered. That is all your fear keeping you from moving forward. When really if you were to journal, what am I so afraid of? And get the answers down on the paper. Right. Then you can see if they're rational. You can see if there's something that you can do something about. If they're true for you. Or if it's just your primal brain doing its job of keeping you safe, alive, and lazy. That's its three jobs. Safe, alive, and lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. Nicely to that what if and finish the sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So much power. It really is. It's so powerful. Yeah. And you know, this is totally in a, in, in another completely different direction, but I'd love your take on it since you happen to be here. So what am I so afraid of? You said, you know, those questions, those fears, they, they live inside us, right? But we get them off the paper. What I am learning because of my own personal health journey is that we can hold that stuff just in our bodies and not just our minds, our joints, our pains, our weird mm. illnesses, our, our weird everything. And that to me has been an eye opener of, you know, your notebook can, can free a lot more perhaps than just your mind and can really bring a lightness yes. to your entire body, your entire physical body. There's, a huge, there's a huge body and mind connection. Yeah. And to me, and you kind of said it before you said, I'm going to journal and get it all out. Yeah. That is truly a gift you give yourself when you open up a page, grab your pen and you just empty your mind out onto the page because you're right. Like, you know, imagine like you're this bubble and it's just filled with all of your fear and your questions and your doubt and your worry and your care and your frustration and all of that is care. And it's almost like a water rising. Well, pretty much it's going to burst if you don't let it out. So this is just like, you know, opening the top and letting some of that come out. Yeah. And it's just absolutely, absolutely. I agree. 110% that there's a huge connection, body, mind and journaling, I think is a great substitute or a great solution for that. And it's cheap, right? We could go to the dollar store mm -hmm. and get a notebook and a cheap mechanical pencil and start helping ourselves with yeah. a, a daily, really simple practice. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to anticipate a question that maybe your listeners um, have, which is what if somebody finds my journal and reads it? <laughs> if I'm being super honest with myself here, what if somebody reads it and they've asked me like, well, what do you suggest? Like, what do I do? Cause I can't journal cause somebody might read it and then they're going to think bad things about me. And so here's what I say. There's two things you can do. One, when you start your journal, don't start on page one, start like on page five. Yep. Leave the first couple <laughs> of pages blank. Because if somebody opens up the notebook, right. chances are they're going to open to the first page and they're not going to see any writing and they're going to be like, oh, there's nothing in here. Yep. The second thing, and there have been a lot of notebooks I've used where I have started on page five and then put the note notebook down and it got put away in the pile and I come back and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I already started this one. <laughs> um, another tip is to write a letter like on page two. 
dear nosy person reading my journal, this is my private space. Please respect it and put this journal down right now and do not read another, you know, another word. If you've got somebody that finds your journal, sees that letter and still reads it, the problem is not that they, you know, what you wrote, it's that they violated a trust boundary with you. Yeah. And there's lots of ways, like you can keep it with you. You can put it in your car, you can hide it, you know, in the back of the closet, wherever. Um, Don't let the fear of what if somebody finds my writing stop you. And a lot of people ask me, like, do you suggest that we keep our journals or burn them? Because this is going to have really private thinking in it. I am a huge, huge advocate of keeping everything. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, even from an educator standpoint, that is a primary document, right? Right. It is. I would love to have my great grandma's journals. Oh, I know. Wouldn't that just be so cool? Despite the fact that, you know, see, like she struggled. It, you know, it makes it all human. Like she had problems too. She struggled with some of the things, same things I did. Yeah. We have this connection. Like, please don't get rid of your journals. Don't burn them. Don't yeah. throw them away. That's if you need to put them in a fireproof lockbox, if <laughs> you want to keep them, keep them out. I actually have a sticky note in the, in the opening of my gen that says, right, this is, this is mom's private journal. Please yes. don't read. If you do, well, that's at your own risk. And I'm hoping that you're <laughs> right. not going to do it anyway. But right. what I have found, you know, there have been plenty of times I've left my notebook out. I've left it on the table after I wrote in it in the morning or it was sticking out of my purse and they really don't care. <laughs> like, no, that is so true. Big deal than everybody else was. They're like, oh, it's another one of mom's notebooks. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. And, and it it wasn't, uh, it was in my head, not theirs yeah. that way. Yeah. And I just kind of, for me, and you're absolutely right. Like my journal stays out on the, you know, it's underneath the coffee table every morning. I don't have kids here at home anywhere. My husband could read it. There certainly is enough, you know, stuff in there he could read, but, um, part of me is like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you read it. This is me. This is my personal thinking. Yep. Your, your desire to read it is not my problem. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that. I have a favorite quote um, in my office that says, your lack of organization is not my problem. Totally. <laughs> and I love that. We could, yeah. we could add that to it. Totally. Oh my gosh. All the directions we could keep going into. I would love for you, because I know now if, if you know, listeners have been listening to us chat, love of notebooks, all of those amazing prompts, the role that the notebook plays in the bigger scheme of your coaching. I know many listeners are thinking, where can I find Jen Lafine? <laughs> so yeah. you want to talk about what you're doing now, what they may be able to join in on to get more of you. And of course, where to find you. Sure. Well, you can definitely find me on my website, which is uh, jenlafine.com. That's J-E-N-L-A-F-F-I-N.com is my website. There's all kinds of information there. I have a lot of resources on my website as well. Um, last summer I did a lunch and learn workshop and I recorded all those sessions and they are available on my website. There's journaling resources available on my website. I also am the host of my own podcast called the flight school podcast, which is all about, um, tips and inspiration for women who are looking to find their wings and fly. And I talk a lot about um, journaling there as well. And of course, I'm on social media. I think it's at Jen Lafine Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. And I think also on LinkedIn. So I would love to connect and chat with anybody interested, whether it be about journaling or following your dreams, getting out of your own way, anything. Love to chat with you. I love your community. I will wholeheartedly encourage listeners to do that. Like I said, not just because of your content, but just following you and your energy and the light that just kind of flies right out of you. Um, I've been part of your 
teach right sessions in the past. I got to watch those lunch and learns. I remember sending you an yes. email. Says, Jen, these need to be a podcast. These are wonderful. I know. <laughs> um, so I was so glad to see that you put that podcast out I there. And I definitely, I think listeners can probably feel the love that you have for this work and the potential that do. exists for them. I think even just after this one podcast, my mind's already spinning with with possibilities of just from this one conversation with you. So thank I'm you so, so much for coming thank on. Thank you so Share. much for having me. It's been so much fun. I love talking notebooking and journaling and possibility and self-discovery and all of those fun things. So thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate you. So happy to. Thanks so much, Jen. Bye. Wasn't that an amazing conversation? My head is still spinning over the new prompts I have to add to my notebook. I mean, think about these gems that Jen gave us today. What else can be true? What if, and then finish the sentence, don't leave it hanging. And if I did know, I would write, oh, those prompts are now on sticky notes scattered all over my computer, my laptop and my office so that they are there when I need them. But I wanted to share three books that could help you on your own self-transformation journey, starting with your notebook. So as Jen mentioned, you don't need anything but you and a notebook to get started in this important internal work. But books can act as catalysts. Books can act as prompts. Books can act as that magic secret sauce to get you thinking even more about these topics. And so I have three books for you today that I think embody the idea of self-discovery and could help you get started on your journey too. The first one is a fiction book that I have talked about here on the podcast before because I love it so much. And it's called 30 Things I Love About Myself by Radhika Sangani. I loved this book. It gave me all the feels from start to finish. I laughed, I cried, I laughed some more, I cried harder, I sympathized, I got angry, and oh my goodness, I blushed a lot too. <laughs> so this is a story about Nina. Nina has found herself in jail without a job, without an apartment, without a fiance, at rock bottom on the eve of her 30th birthday. Now, the compassionate jailer happens to hand her a self-help book while she is being held there overnight. And that sets her on a journey to find 30 things she loves about herself by the time one year from now returns. That journey changes everything, right? She experiences some pretty deep learning experiences about herself, but the author keeps it so light and laughable that you can't help but take the lessons that Nina is learning about her own self and her own life and apply it to you. This book changed the way I think. It changed the way I think about myself, about the ways that others think about me. This book has kind of cracked open this newfound sense of adventure for exploring our inner workings, right? You can't not want to create 30 things I love about myself for yourself in your notebook after reading this book. And so Nina's been sitting on my shoulder for a while now as I think about what her journey looked like and what my journey could look like doing the same. And to be honest, I'm still blushing a little bit from what's inside the story too. So reader be warned there also. So it is a fiction book, but this fiction book could start you on a new journey inside your notebook to find a list of things that you love about yourself to kick off your self-discovery journaling. Now up next is a book that I finished recently that I absolutely adored. This book felt like a gift, a gift of self-reflection, of introspection, and definitely if you think about what you're reading and you start to do the work on your own in your own notebook, it is definitely a book that can offer self-transformation. And this book is Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. I have been hearing about this book for a while and I finally, finally sat down 
to read it, and I wish that I did it much, much sooner. In this book, we are lucky enough to learn from Lori Gottlieb and her incredibly raw, honest reflections about her life as she navigates her own life in therapy as a therapist. So she has such a unique view here. (laughs) Excuse me. Not only is she talking about her clients, but she's talking about her own learning The second book I want to share is Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. This book was a gift. It felt like a gift of self-reflection, of introspection, and definitely if you think about the lessons inside and you start bringing those lessons to your notebook, it's a book of transformation and self-discovery too. Now, we are lucky enough to learn from Lori as she talks about her own journey, and she is incredibly honest and real and frank as she navigates her own life's challenges in therapy. But the kicker is that she's talking about her journey in therapy as a therapist. So she has this really unique view of being the patient and being the therapist and how one aspect of learning impacts the other and vice versa. Now, personally, I was really struck by her story She found her life's passion of doing this kind of work after a few false career starts. Always find that inspiring. She talked about choosing her own path to motherhood, dealing with a sudden breakup, a sudden and shocking and ridiculously reasoned breakup. And she's grappling with all sorts of things that are coming along with growing older and figuring out what health and wellness looks like in new stages of our lives. It's interspersed with her personal stories, the anonymous stories of her patients, and the research and philosophy behind the science of her work. And I so appreciated that triangulation of all three of those perspectives. It was fascinating to me. And yes, it was very therapeutic. If you read this, you really can't help but walk away with this newfound view of yourself. And the best part, you realize the role that you play in your own life. And I realize that sounds ridiculous. Of course, you play a role in your own life. But Lori has a way of making you see the roles you play in the outcome of your own life that you might not have realized before. And that's the self-discovery part. And that's why I think this book is a must read. Now, the third book I want to share with you is one that I haven't read yet because it is the book club selection inside my Get Literate Patreon community this month. Our word of the month for April is poetic. Living a poetic life and figuring out what that means to each of us. And so I have a book with a title that might not seem so poetic in their traditional sense, but it sure does make me smile. The book that I will be reading in April with my Get Literate book community is Tara Schuster's Glow in the Effing Dark. Now, you might have already known this author because she is the author of By the Effing Lilies. Um, And so I knew that I was going to love this author and I knew I was going to love this book. So let me just read you the inside cover, which is what made me want to pick it up immediately. Tara Schuster thought she was on stable ground. For years, she worked like hell to repair the emotional wounds inflicted during what she refers to as her mess wreck disaster of a childhood. She'd brought radical healing rituals and self-love into her life. On most days, she was a happy, stable adult. She even wrote a book about it but then she lost her job, the one on which she had staked her entire identity. Cue a panic attack doom spiral that brought her harshest childhood traumas to the surface. Isolated at home during a global pandemic, she felt piercing loneliness and a lack of purpose like she had never known. Finally, after experiencing a terrifying disassociative episode while driving down the highway, she realized that enough was enough. She needed to slow down and pull over, 
literally. It was time for Tara to stop the hustling and to reclaim her essential, free, and loving self. Glow in the effing dark is a guide to healing your deepest wounds, getting off your good enough plateau, and creating the spectacular life you most desire. I mean, how is that for a publisher's summary? And so I am quite certain that this is a book that is going to show us Tara's self-discovery and self-transformation journey. And I am certain that I will be able to learn from hers and I will probably be heading to my notebook in the process. So there you go. You've got a new way of thinking about your notebook with Jen Lafine, Self-Discovery Journaling. And now you've got three books to kick off that whole entire process. 30 Things I Love About Myself, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, and Glow in the Effing Dark. Now, there are many more that I could have talked about. Wild by Cheryl Strayed, Unraveling by Peggy Orenstein, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. But these are the three that are most on my mind lately. But I would love to know, what books have sparked a self-discovery journey for you? As always, you can head to my show notes at alitlife.com or you can find me on social media on your favorite platform. I am on all of those using the handle at Affinito Lit. So that's it for me. I so hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jen Lafine and I hope you will get out your notebook and start your own self-discovery journey too. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. And if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing lives, like bonus podcast episodes, book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much more. It's only $5 a month, and you get instant access to all the previous content, too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. But one more thing. If you love what you listen to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks so much for listening.